Hello, welcome to the Vergecast. This is not a story about a murder. Sure. Uh, yeah. But it's still a pretty good podcast. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm Eli Patel. I'm Dieter Bone. I'm Chris Plant. I'm Russell Branham. Pipe check. Oh. I am Sam Sheffer. <laughs> I, I, and I'm going to bone you. What was that? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi. Uh, so you might know that Russell is with us. Russell has been, we should just get right into the news. Oh, Russell's God, been yeah. writing story after story about what I think uh, is the biggest. Dieter has just been staring at me for the last 15 seconds. I don't even understand. You know, like, <laughs> I can't handle 15 seconds yeah. of staring. Not from you. I, I can't. Oh, look, guys, we got it. Like, Let's I don't have zoom. the capacity to handle our, sh- like, to handle, like, are you, we, we're going to keep it. You don't want the stick? No, look, I'll tell you, I was, it was so bad today. Hi, hi Jinx. Uh, look, I, I've been, I've been trying to eat better. This is true. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, by putting butter in your coffee. By putting butter in what? my coffee and not eating carbs. That's... It's working. I, you know, it's like I feel good about it in general. I feel mm-hmm. healthier, more energy, weight's going down. All that's great. But today, like, straight up, man, just ate a burrito. Just was like, I can't. My body requires hype check burritos. They're great. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Uh, but that's like where I'm at. Yeah. Like as a person right now. Like I, it's I, okay to I, have I a burrito. I ate a burrito and I listened to Steely Dan all day. Big deal. Who doesn't do that every day? <laughs> yeah, right? I love weed. Yeah, that's that's like just my life. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's get into the news. It's, it's just going to be that one. So we wanted to talk about the big stories of the year, but I think that we should just we should jump into Sony. I think Sony is the biggest story of the year. It might I think be, in yeah. terms of things mm. that happened uh, in 2014, huh? I, no. Well, no, I mean, sure, maybe in tech. I would say like... If you're looking at the big story of the year, I would say there have been some things that have happened. Name, name it. Uh, what is it? Uh, I would say police shootings or Ebola probably yeah. are bigger stories. I, I would say ISIS is up there, too. Oh, yeah. Well, no, yeah, right. But I think in terms of uh, in our space, one. Sure. But in terms of just the massive repercussions that will reverberate about how mm. companies run themselves, how the internet works, how we deal with terrorism. What's the what's up with the First Amendment? What you write in your email from like, now. What on. you write in yeah. your, like the way we behave, yeah. I think will be affected by Sony much more. There'll be many more material effects from Sony across things that like the average person does and feels in their life than ISIS. Right, like that's true. It's a weird truth to know. Like ISIS is more important on a global scale. Uh, Ebola is a big deal, but in terms of how we behave, I think Sony will have like immediate material effects on everybody. So, Russell, why don't you do just yeah. a little bit? You didn't explain her today. Why don't you just I run did through the base? Do an explainer. So, um, Sony was hacked. Uh, there, you know, in uh, it was only like. November twenty fourth, yeah, three weeks. It okay. seems like years to me. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting it so hard, but yeah. So, um, you know, it, at first it sort of shut down their computer systems and put a big scary red skeleton on everyone's uh, computer. And then, you know, we started getting more messages from the people behind it. They started leaking out more data. They started making specific demands about. You know, they started talking about the interview, the movie. Um, and so a lot of data that's come out uh, has been, you know, I was, we were sort of doing for the explainer. We were like, well, okay, what, what were actually the big things that came out? The big stuff was executive email accounts, which is how yeah. we, you know, mm-hmm. the CEO of Sony Pictures is also a big investor uh, in Snapchat and on the board. And uh, really, a, like, a pretty big L.A. dealmaker sort of above and beyond Sony Pictures. Like, right, yeah. Um, I mean, I think, like, I don't know who his corresponding number at, like, Paramount is, but he seems much more, I don't know if they're, like, introducing L.A. Reed to people. Right. Um, anyway, so, he, you know, that was a lot of, gave us a lot of sort of inside insight into some of the stuff that Snapchat was doing. We saw a lot of, like, fights between Hollywood executives. Um, and then we also saw some, like, legitimately sort of troubling MPAA things, uh, which are a big Goliath story on Friday. Basically, everything that uh, the MPA was trying to do with SOPA, they're still trying to do and sort of figure out a way to shoehorn it in under existing law. Right. Um, and so they're hiring lawyers to that, and they're also hiring lawyers to, uh, you know, actively try to discredit Google on right. this front, um, which we're having another story about that that will go up today. Um, and Ooh. stay tuned. Yeah. Um, so I really want to get into the Goliath stuff. Um, yeah. Should we do that? Do we want to keep looking at the big picture? Well, I mean, I mean there's, like, got, there's, we, there's a hundred questions well, yeah, about so, Goliath. But, but, then there's let's everything that happened last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, so, I mean, like, there's so much to yeah, talk yeah. about. So it seemed for a while like what was just going to happen was this data was going to come out and then that was going to be it. Yeah. But that's not what happened because 
basically so some combination of one of the data dumps came with what you would have to describe as a threat saying yeah. listen cancel this movie otherwise you know remember the fear of the september uh, 11th of september um it also seems like there were other threats that were made specifically to sony pictures employees so they got very spooked and we got this very weird like dance where okay so they said to theater owners they kind of stopped promoting it like they canceled right. the new york premiere they canceled a lot of the rogan appearances uh, in, in and the context told, for this yeah. is like yesterday the yeah. fbi just came out and said it was north korea yeah right it, like oh, that happened that ha- that didn't happen before this stuff started happening yeah no that's right. what's yeah. weird yeah but like the big context is like we are now definitive that it's north Korea. yeah although some people are still sort of carrying the flag yeah, right. but i think it, it really has been like every piece of information that has come out and there's mm. been a fairly steady flow has made it sort of more definitive. We haven't really seen any evidence that has come out where someone says it's not. It's just like this person decided to say they don't they're not ready to make an right. announcement yet. Right. Everything that has come out has moved us closer to that. And like right. now we're basically like, yeah, like in will the week end before like a U.S. official goes on TV and like says it. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's the thing. And, and also well, I'm I mean, just saying if it's like a group of teenagers. Who are screwed yeah, no, totally. Like, I think the canceling the movies and making the, th- you know, like, right. Once, yeah. you, once you become definitive that it's North Korea, that all the threats to Sony employees, all the threats about showing the movie, they take on a different tenor. I don't Well, so know this that is the funny actually, thing about yeah. that. So let's like, yeah. just to, to finish yeah. the loop on the movie thing. Yeah. So Sony told theaters, hey, if you decide not to show the movie, we're yeah. not going to sue you and you're, we're not going to hold you to the obligations that like theaters typically hold yeah. towards studios when they right. say they're going to show a movie. And then, um, a couple big chains said, yeah, we're not going to do it. And then everybody said, yeah, we're not going to do it. And then Sony's like, okay, we're, we're canceling the movie. Yeah. But he ends up in this weird thing where it's not like people want to talk about the decision to not release this movie, which mm-hmm. seems like a consequential decision and like something we're all going to talk about right now. And it's kind of like who actually made the decision. Like it right. probably was Sony, but it's one of those things where like, yeah, we could, you know, we could go on a date maybe. If you want, I don't know, not really that into it, but you can. Well, they and, like, put it no online, one's going to be that, though, right? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they could put it online. Well, there, I think there is a weird sort of insurance thing. Like, if the movie is canceled because of terrorism, I mean, there oh. there are insurance policies often like that, and I think right. something like this is the kind of thing that gets covered by but that. That's, but I, if you end up releasing it, then it's not valid. So. Right. So it'll leak. Yeah. So well, well, I don't know. Sony's yeah. all over the. We uh, we got a takedown notice today. They, we had a clip of the end of the interview, the scene. Mm, yeah, because yeah. Gawker uh, broke it, and yeah, we, so we it was like it it's out there. Yeah. So we had it, and then Sony like issued a takedown, and we they we put it back up because it's now it's like super newsworthy, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like the classic. Had, well, also yeah. Grimmelman, the lawyer, said actually now anyone has a really good fair use case for posting anything because yeah. there's no there's no like financial damage to sony right. it's like they're not right. and, and that's, but, so, like, but actually, is there because of the entrance because what makes me think why they're being so strict now because we didn't see as much strictness until specifically getting the film off of the mm-hmm. website that if there is an insurance claim it's kind of like protecting your copyright you have to be proving that you're making an effort also oh, for yeah. the film not to be made available so i mean I, yeah, I, had not, I, I had not I thought about the entrance game, but that triggers here. all. There's a lot there in terms um, of what that means. But like, what's amazing to me, uh, and I think this this is why I said when it, when it becomes definitively North Korea, it takes on a different tenor. Mm. Um, I don't like. I think it's crazy that they're pulling this film. Uh, I think it's. I think the idea that they want to pull it and get the insurance and whatever, that's fine. There's a big argument to me that like maybe no one will see it, but it's crazy yeah. to back down to a country that like it's just it's like it's just so, a weird moment russell and i got yeah. a huge fight about this yesterday <laughs> and he's like look it's north korea they, they they can't do any they don't know what they're doing they're not going to be able to do any harm it's north korea come on and mike connor was well to do harm in america you just need to like have a be a nut with a gun right and yeah i mean i think like I, the, does north does north korea we, have nut with a gun capabilities but we've had nut with a gun happen it happened right. with like the dark night yeah. yeah and and people kept showing the movie right that's like, what i'm saying and like, and even then that that was local like if i it just seems absurd to believe that north korea would do anything on american soil because the yeah. political ramifications are oh we would we disastrous would, yeah. disastrous right. but right. but at the same time I, I I don't know. It, it seems at first I kept thinking about it like that, right? 
I thought there were there, there were kind of two options, right? Uh, one is the movie theaters don't want to screen this because the reality is they don't think people are going to come and see it. And also, it's, like, it's not their problem, contract. and they, they probably have insurance of their own. Yeah, it's almost they, certain, by the if way. If they, they show uh, it and then something happens, they'll be like, well, they warned you. Yeah, you, yeah I mean, the liable. early reviews of this movie are, it's terrible. Really? Uh, no, like, no. <laughs> the early reviews are like, it's like a 60 to 7 James Franco comedy. It's not, the reviews are not terrible. They're like, this is like a generic James Franco comedy. Right. So it it would have done. Hype check, James fine. Franco comedies. James Franco's kind of bust. I like Seth Rogen better. Weird. Sure. Well, he likes one of Whoa, them. Whoa, man. Super kind of bust. Hard take kind on of, Franco. Kind of bust. Kind Franco, of. Franco not playing with the teens. I don't know what that means. But anyway, now, <laughs> now that I think more about it, what I'm wondering is, are, are the studios afraid that they'll be hacked next? Right. If they so, show it, and I hadn't considered you mean that. The theaters. that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I'm that's saying. what, like, that's what, what is the th- okay? Sorry, but no, mind. but that's I mean, what I'm saying. I was, like, I was being cavalier. This, Theater yeah. has things to worry about being hacked. I guess when I say that the, it's a the biggest story of the year because it will have material impact on like how we live. That's the piece of it that I think is like the crazy season is about to be upon us, right? Like mm. the don't like literally well, this far is the playbook. Right, no, but like Farhad Manju in like the New York Times today was like, don't write any more emails. Like that's his advice. Like, <laughs> like, just don't do it. Like shut up. Like if you don't want Angelina Jolie to read your emails and I have emotions about them, like don't write emails. Uh, which is like a very funny take, right? Like yeah, it's like don't but, take, it's like don't don't take naked pictures of yourself kind of take. But we're right? we're yeah, now at a of. place where in a, endlessly fascinating to think about where people are afraid that the tools they use, the technology they use to like do their jobs and communicate and run their companies is inherently vulnerable. Uh, and I don't know if that's like a hundred percent true. Well, and I, I like, I don't know how like the industry will react to it because it does. It usually takes something this stupidly bad happening for people to react. And I think what verge readers like say to us and what we think is that, the industry doesn't take privacy all that seriously. They don't take security all that yeah. seriously. There were no repercussions from the iCloud hack for Apple. Like nothing bad happened to Apple. Yeah. Right? And now you're seeing Sony and like not one person has said, yo, Microsoft, like how is it possible <laughs> that you can just break into a server and retrieve the full Outlook email histories of all of these people and then put them somewhere? Like why didn't you build something that prevented that? And like that question just hasn't been asked. Because we don't set those expectations. And now the expectations are if you put something on a computer, it's intrinsically public in some way. And that's a weird set of expectations. I mean, I also think, like, if you want to – I was thinking about this with Twitter of, like, the idea that, like, oh, Twitter's become such a bad place that, like, people might just leave. Like, if you want to run your business without email, there are lots of ways to do it. And, like, we're Mm -hmm. now at a point where, you know, we're past the first wave of, like, oh, these are such magical electronic tools. Like, we're now at the point where if a tool is not working, if you're just like, hey, email isn't really great, like, it's a huge security problem. It's a huge data retention problem. It's a huge, like, it's just never really going to be private or secure just because of the basic nature of the protocol. Like, okay, so stop using it. And, like, there's, like, a social cost to, like, getting people to do that. But... You can kind of get over that, and there are tons of options of like how we're going to do it now. There, but it's it's still hard. Are like, there, so are there tons of options? Way, like, yeah, I I, we use Slack. Like our email volume generally has gone way down, right? Yeah. Um, but even at our company, not everyone's in Slack, and even at our company, the best way to like send a memo to someone is not in. It's like it's in the one format and in one medium, and that's just inside Vox and the Verge. Yeah. The second I want to talk to anybody else, like where am I? I'm just landing on email. Right. And like, that's a thing. Like, email, a dealer will be happy that I'm saying this. Like, <laughs> email's an open standard. Like, yeah. you can build all yeah. over it. Right. And that's important. And everybody can talk to it. It's not, it's not email. It's not any particular tool. It's an entire culture of these products where, like, I'm terrified that our Slack will get hacked. Like, well, if you're running yeah, no. Slack, if you're Stuart Butterfield today, like, <laughs> you are in your server room with like padlocks being like, will this work? And just like, do it. <laughs> I hope this will do it. Right. Like, uh, if you run any server, if you run HipChat, if you run an IRC server or whatever, like, it doesn't matter. If you're running this place where people are talking, the value on making sure that that communication is private and secure has been fairly low over time. And I think that value is about to skyrocket and probably the pendulum is going to swing way too far. Yeah, but also the I mean the incentives for any of these like this is why it was so low for so long like it's very the incentives for running a a secure system are all sort of 
they're all on a weird side, right? It's all on the negative side. It's preventing things from happening. At which point people assume everything's safe and then they sort of stop paying you because they're like, oh, well, no one gets hacked anymore. I'm sure everything's fine. Like, and this is like a long, but if you're you're a magician, you published while you were standing. I didn't even (laughs) see you hit the button. That was Chris. That's all. uh, Chris, Chris hooked me up. There's a new Goliath piece ever. We we should talk about Goliath in a minute. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, no, but um, the security thing's really hard because I mean, I think also like a lot of, you know, when you're covering security, it is this weird incentive that like, no one's a total scumbag about it, but like, they're all aware that when things like this happen, it's really good for everyone in the industry. Like, not that they're, like, hoping Sony gets really badly hacked, but they're right. like, listen, people actually across the board were not spending enough on security. And the only way, the only thing that's going to get people's attention is something really nasty like this happening. Right. right. And the question is whether, like, okay, so now it happens. So now they're like, okay, we need to take security seriously. But that's also not just... You can't just throw money at the problem. You also have to, like, do business differently and change the way you approach things. And, like, how much are people really going to be – how much ground are people really going to be willing to give on that? Like, I think that's what well, we're going to well, find out. How much, right? how much pressure any other corporation in America, you're yeah. freaking out. Yeah, but yeah. how much pressure is going to be brought to bear on the right people? Like, yeah. nobody's yelling at Microsoft for this, well, right? We're also ignoring the fact that this is not the first time Sony's been hacked. Yeah, no, yeah. uh, By uh, any means. That's so yeah, yeah, funny. Yeah. And, like, and, and it's in crazy – Crazy hacks. Right. Uh, and, I mean, the obvious one being the PlayStation Network. But there have been, as they even reported, a, a hack that didn't even become public in February. Right. Like, this wasn't the first time. And yet everyone that you hear coming out as consultants talking about this is like, Sony's security was kind of a joke. Yeah. Right. It's like, what What does that mean? How was it a joke? Because how how could you not, after the first one, be like, we are going to have the best security of any company on the planet because we know what this does. We know better than anyone else. Yeah, right. And the fact that they don't is just it's, – it's mind-blowing to me. I mean it's what you said with, the, with Apple, like except for it was internal. It's not like yeah. external where it's like, oh, we're users and we have to make do with it. This is a company that experienced the hit and then leaned in. They turned <laughs> in the like, yeah, that feels good. Let's see. Well, that's uh, – I mean in Apple's defense on the sort of CelebGate stuff, like I think – for them and for most like functional consumer tech companies, the question has always been, do we make it secure or do we make it sort of easy to reset your password? It's right. always been between like user experience and security. Um, and I mean, I think that like at least, OK, we're in control of where we're setting that dial, whereas some people are just bad at it. Like, I mean, yeah. some company like if a, if a company is not functional, they're not going to re- be able to have really. But I mean, as a human being who has to go to work and use these tools, I have is is. I have no conception of the relative security of any of this stuff. So, like, Sony's security was a joke. I, okay, uh, how is ours compared to Sony? How, how does right. it, how if you yeah. go work at some other big corporation, you go, you work for GE and like whatever. Like, we're gonna we're gonna be in a place where like somebody is going to profit off this by just like reputation alone is what's gonna have to happen. Cause right. Well, that's we're not, that's we're not positioned go. to be able to understand what. But you, so you're gonna you're gonna do if, if you're any company, you're gonna do one of two things. I think this is actually like going to be an interesting move in the market you're either gonna give it all to google or microsoft you're gonna move it all of your your back end into the cloud and say like you take care of it you're yep. better at this yep. and we're gonna pay you to trust you and there, I, I guarantee cs is here is gonna be full of like garbage oh, security vendor claims right yeah well, and, um, and they're gonna prey on fear and they're gonna say you can trust us like you're you're obviously like, even sony wasn't good at this yeah you know, me i'm your guy but that's the and then the, all, yeah. the flip side is Another huge set of companies is going to say, we can't trust anybody. I got to hire the best person and lock it down ourselves. And I think you're just going to see that market split. And I think for most smaller companies, like actually paying Google will be a good idea. But then Google assumes an enormous amount of liability. It's like, do you want to be in the business of defending against North Korea? Like, I don't know I mean, the answer to that question. They have those DARPA dogs. Unleash the robot dogs. But I mean, this <laughs> is if they bought the robot dog company just honest, to have them like run around that data would make center. Feel a lot safer. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about my robot ball. Right. <laughs> to distract robot, robot, dogs robot steak. Uh, yes, uh. but I mean, this is why. Like, this is such a persistent problem in security that, like, this is why everyone in security is so sort of bloodthirsty about things being open source because then they can say at least, okay, we looked at it, and like twenty guys looked at it, 
and you know 10 of them said well this this program was made you know these guys had no idea what they were doing and if you can get the number down to only two of them said oh this guy has no idea what they're doing then you're like oh okay these guys kind of know what they're doing which is great and then there's open ssl right yeah well i mean yeah (laughs) not to be a fear monger but like, well no i mean open ssl had a but like heartbleed even in the even in the scope of like standards bugs we saw this year was not that big right like i mean it was very big but it you know they found it they patched it like we had a couple days of vulnerability right that was what happened i mean i think but the issue is this is why so we have all these encrypted chat apps after snowden and everyone they're like a lot of them are closed source and the thing everyone says about it is well how do you know like they're not going to tell you if it's a vulnerability they have no real incentive to like seek out vulnerabilities in their own system right and i don't see how you get around that with corporate security except like a really robust internal culture of like calling people on being sloppy but like if that if sony just didn't have that then i don't know how you turn it, it around it, it's fairly clear that sony didn't have that at like the yeah. highest levels like yeah. they're like their executives are writing <coughs> sorry emails to each other and like lowercase teen they're like, <laughs> they're like tone poems about feelings like i don't know that they're calling anyone on being sloppy right? like as a culture they're just like i have so many emotes <laughs> like stop it but you know what, what? The other piece of it that's interesting is like how much our own information is like weaponized, right? Like mm. the way to get a movie pulled from from theaters is to actually not threaten the life of like Sony CEO. Like well, it's like you know how to deal. We don't with know that if one. they did that. No, but like they might have done that. They sort I guarantee of did in the you, but it didn't. Yeah. But like that, you, like well, how is he going to respond? Right? Like yeah. he's going to hire bodyguards and like get an art. Like it's like we understand how to like handle threats of violence. We like we got it. That's why like a guy shooting so, up a movie theater. Like, no, no, America understands how to do that. But like a corporation, <laughs> Sony, like that short circuits them in the way that like not like other terrorist attacks short circuit like the citizenry. Like no, but a corporation the, the once here, once it becomes violence, they're like nope, we're goodbye. Well, yeah, there's goodbye, but like the threat <clears throat> that's like outside of the Sony thing. The mm. threat here is do what we want, or like we'll give your email away. Yeah, and that's bonkers. Like that's like a whole new wave of crazy. That, that's like that's why I keep saying I think it's the biggest story of the year because mm. that idea that suddenly everything, every communication you've ever sent, every letter that you've ever written, every Snapchat you've ever snapped is somehow going to come back to haunt you. Like that change, like that will just change behavior. Like that's crazy. What about the NSA and hey, the Sam. entire high and the snooping and the idea that anything you pass tech like through a piece of technology is taken somewhere you know like there's there's this, all this you know focus around the hacking but we forget that the nsa is already doing all of this on our own soil well, the, we're okay yeah, with the government. yeah we're okay with that it's just like when you go to the airport and you get the nude scan and you're like eh, somebody out in the middle of nowhere is is seeing the nudes i'm not okay but with then, either of those well, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, okay, I don't go but, through those i never have actually it's oh, smart it's good, especially. Uh, yeah, radiation. I paid. I paid for pre. I like. I sucked it up. I was like, put me in the fast lane. <laughs> How dare! And then I and then I wrote a lengthy <laughs> comparison to net neutrality. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> the box.com days, <laughs> which was basically Neil has a moat. But, I mean, <laughs> but I mean, the basic reason that that is less scary is that the NSA spends like four billion dollars a year to make sure they don't get hacked so like all my emails exist somewhere but it's a very secure place we that's think like we hope more well no but i mean actually there this is like sort of became my hobby horse of like we're spending 4.7 billion dollars on cyber defense and it's totally useless when something like the sony attack happens because it's only government infrastructure that that's supposed to protect but like in fact that does mean that like you know military grade government infrastructure actually is fairly well protected and it's mm. good for hypotheticals like this because you right. really wouldn't want to lose like oh here we lost america's call records like, <laughs> anonymous has those now that'd be amazing i just i feel <laughs> maybe like they people... can figure out what happened on cereal <laughs> <laughs> I feel no. like people were, were more mad when these these revelations came about with all the Edward Snowden documents. No, I, I mean, like- and that's the balance, right? Like, this is why you don't want the NSA to, like, look through your stuff, right? Like, you don't want the government to be like, what? I subscribe to a great Twitter feed that's, like, mm. a crime a day. And it's, it's, mm. it's like, I love wacky laws. You know, like, <laughs> it's like a law to, like, shoot a turkey in Kentucky if you're drunk on bourbon. Like, it's like, like all this stuff, <laughs> yeah. right? And if you live in an environment where there are like there can exist a Twitter feed called Crime a Day, 
and it's just <laughs> weird laws that you might not that it's insane to break and punish people for. Well, if you suddenly give the government access to everything everyone's doing, like one day the government scientists come up with the algorithm to match all the email they're sniffing with all of the laws in the book and people just automatically are born and go to jail. <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's the future like of, of that. Like if you connect those two things, like you're in a bad right. place. It, it, I think it's safe to say that every, almost most citizens in America, if – Everything came out, you know, all text messages. I mean, everyone texts for drugs. Like, that is just a thing that everyone does. Sure, Sam. Let's let, let <laughs> just. No, that let is. Let me just rewind here. Please. Everyone texts for drugs. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I'm when you say, when that you is say how you buy everyone. drugs. <laughs> that is how you buy drugs. Like, for example, Either, I have I, never I texted some for aspirin, drugs. Like, so hang on. Yeah. Let me get my Blackberry Classic. Uh, oh, my head the point is, I think, I think it's Look, a, Maybe I'm just an old man. I still telegram for drugs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a really weird parallel between, you know, it, it, it means something else if we're being hacked and the data is taken. But when it, we're okay with it, you know, when it's our government taking it and doing whatever the hell they're going to do with it. What? No, he's comparing the, the... Okay, I got it. Well, I think it's an interesting comparison because in part, I mean, the, the idea is, you know, most people see... I, I think one of the really frustrating things that people say that after the Snowden stuff and, you know, I'm, we're sort of carrying our privacy flag and, and the thing people say is, oh, well, I don't have anything to hide. And it becomes this, like, infuriating... Right, right, just exactly. So here's the says it on Twitter. But, like, with this, you really realize, like, you know, yeah, Scott Rudin thought he didn't have anything to hide either, like... The, right. Everyone, you know, the idea that once this stuff, they're not just looking for crimes. They're not just looking for, you know, links between you and terrorism. They're just looking for sort of anything you've said that exactly. that is sort of embarrassing or like, I mean, or or in some way like you can be used to get at you. Mm-hmm. And the idea that oh, okay, someone's just there's just an exchange server out there, and you don't really know a lot about how well it's secured, and it has all of your communications on it. I mean. That was that was true a month ago, but I think you know a lot of people didn't really realize it until Sony happened. Yeah, right. well, I mean it's true. I don't think Gmail's encrypting uh, Gmail. Google's not encrypting Gmail in its cloud right now. No, I no, I mean not in its internal one. Otherwise, right. it's like it's it's. I mean, it's pretty solid SSL to and from. To it's and from, but once it's, once the, it's on the yeah. server, like all that data isn't being kept in an encrypted state, which is bonkers. Yeah, well, and, like, I mean, because the, these outlet files for are just yeah. bonkers. Yeah, totally. Right. right. I mean the. The thing to me that is comparing this, like what's happening to Sony with every time we publish a Sony story, we get, but publishing nude photos was not okay. Right. And like, it's actually, we've talked about that at length. It's pretty obvious why they're different to me. Uh, And, but but we can get onto that in a second because that will transition us nicely to Goliath. Uh, Mm. But comparing, we're publishing or we're revealing Scott Rudin's email or Amy Pascal's email to, we revealed a bunch of celebrity nudes to, the NSA is looking at all of our data. It's, I think it's a, those are, that's a pretty tenuous set of connections actually. Yeah. Right. And, but what makes it, what makes that connection easy is it's all the same. Like it's just people using screens. Right. Well, Well, the idea is it's hacked, but the same thing is, so with the hack, right? Right. Let's say it's not a hack. Let's say it's a source and there's a source and he has three things. He has the big scoop on the NSA he has some celebrity nudes. Actually, four. He has this NSA. He has celebrity nudes. He has juicy emails that, like, uh, what the dude from 21 Jump Street sent. And he has uh, the Project Goliath story. Mm. Some of those things are going to serve the public. Some of them maybe in between, maybe they're like on a humor level. And then some of yep. them don't. Right. right. The nudes don't. The, the uh, 22 Jump Street thing, great. As a joke, if you want to make that debate, which is the debate that has been happening at Right. At every site, like Gawker running it, maybe that does serve the public in some gossipy way. But then there's something like Project Goliath, which I'm so proud that you wrote, to be honest. And that, that's, what, that's what our angle was because definitively, yes, this is a thing that benefits the public to know. And right. that's, that's why they're so different. You're right. It, it's, it screens. The thing is people hear the word hack or leak and, and it, 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 pull back on it and just think of it as source. Right, and then what? Who is it serving? And that's what you're asking when you're reporting these things. Am I serving the public? But well, I, so I, the, the thing we, about the serving the public, okay. the, 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 yeah. there's a super fine point on it. And we and Emily wrote this in, in her piece that, like the this particular hack, is a, a state sponsored thing attacking a corporation trying to stifle like free speech. Free speech. So like, the provenance of the data puts like a super super sharp. 
point <laughs> on on those decisions of whether or not this information serves the public. One hundred percent. I mean, and that's that's exactly what you're going to run up against. And it's the same yeah. thing again with the source. When you when you have a set a source, one you vet the information to know if it's true, but you also vet the source. Like that's something that people who don't deal with journalism every day might not know is that there are a lot of things that can come across your desk that are a source who's malicious, who is yep. maybe has other motives for why they want to get that information out there. And that's something that you have to take into consideration too. And how valuable is this information? How much does it need to be out there? And I, like, I, I agree. I think in terms of vetting this, it was, that was, this was the right story to run. Yeah. Can I interrupt this really quick? Neil, have you seen what Google just published? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. What? The MPAA's attempt to revive SOPA through a state attorney general. Yeah. I mean, wait, what? uh, Google published a blog post on, on effectively what Russell just wrote about, uh, yeah. which is amazing. Uh, it's amazing because, th- and this is the transition, right? It's we also we we did the thing that every every news organization is doing right oh, now. Oh, we're quoted right? in here too. We uh, uh, we got the document. We looked at the information that was leaked, right? And we looked through all of it, uh, and we made a series of decisions. And you should read Emily's piece because it's really good about how we made those decisions and why. Uh, and then we, we found this crazy ass thing where Hollywood really wants to block like break the internet they're really interested in it it's like (laughs) it consumes them uh that they don't control this distribution medium uh and it's that actually to me is it's endlessly fascinating uh because not not least because we also run a media organization and the (laughs) right like the premise of our media organization and like the verge and box media is that we really really understand the distribution medium of the internet and like we like, it's in our DNA. It's in our bones. I uh, I just interviewed Jonah Pretty, the CEO of BuzzFeed, and that was that conversation, right? It's like now we are we're we're a network media company. We go everywhere. We belong everywhere. And like figuring out how to make money is actually sort of like still secondary for BuzzFeed because they're more interested in learning about all the platforms they can go and all the places they can hit. Uh, and they they're they're aware, and Vox Media is aware. A handful of other new media companies are like ultra aware of like the nature of the internet. Like it's, it doesn't surprise us and it doesn't surprise us that we don't control the distribution like fully. Right. Like it's just out. It's like chaos. You look at Hollywood and they're like, why don't we control this anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, we got to control this. And like, that's what this is. Like it's just endless. Like how do we lock this back down? How do we turn this back into us putting DVDs on trucks and the trucks going to blockbuster? It's the trucks in particular. That is the difference between all pre-internet media and internet media though right you right. can even say this with like newspapers right like but why, oh, but why no, can't i sell all the yeah. ads in that paper that then i put on a thing and then it shows up on your doorstep i right. want that again how can i make that happen and it's like, but with 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 with, 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 with the mpa it's even crazier than newspapers because the newspaper can show up on the street it can show up in a store and with movies it was it went to the theater yeah and we have a and we, have we either own the theater until they don't let us own the theater and then we have a sweetheart deal with the people that do own the theater because they broke up our monopoly on right. the theater like, it's it, th- this is a completely different worldview for them they, they, they've never had to deal with this up until like five ten years ago right all right at so all. let's talk about goliath because goliath oh yeah well I mean, so it's, it, it's even a step like this is what was weird to me so i think there's this sense and i mean not everyone i i think well, we kind of had this conversation that, like, you know, I remember SOPA. We all remember SOPA, but not necessarily everyone sort of remembers exactly what was at issue there. And I think a lot of it is, okay, a lot of this stuff, they tried to get through Congress and they couldn't and they haven't given up on it, which is interesting and important. But also this fight has really given them – it's put them in this mindset. And I, when I say them, I basically mean the MPA. It's not – I mean the studios are sort of funding this effort, but the MPA is kind of the head of it. Where Google is the enemy, you know, mm. it's not about it's the enemy isn't the pirate bay. The enemy isn't Napster. The enemy is the sort of coalition that rose up to oppose SOPA. Yeah. Right. And there's no making peace with that. They're like, well, this is we're going to keep fighting this until one of us dies. So yeah. we need to cast all of them, specifically Google, which like... No, it's a, they're just mad yeah, because like, they, they, they can't keep, imagine they a world calling. where a giant super corporation would not be part of the cabal. They're just super confused. <laughs> and hurt. Right? But they're, be they're, in our club. They're deeply hurt. They feel yeah. bad. Uh, uh, Google and, won't be in the club. crazy. So A, they call Google Goliath, Goliath. which yeah. is Goliath. amazing. <laughs> Hype check, Goliath is a code name. 
Very cool. You know why? <laughs> because because there is a Mars Volta album oh, with a song. Oh God! Stop. Take the camera away. I'm into it. <laughs> I, I get it. No, I, this, no this, this word holds true to me because I'm a huge Mars Volta fan. I've seen them okay. a dozen times. Uh-huh. Yeah. Their fourth album is called The Bedlam and Goliath, and one of their songs is called Goliath. And this is the premise of the album. Uh, apparently, the band used a Ouija board that they bought in like some like deep in Jerusalem place and the band was cursed and for like a whole year Cedric the lead singer when he was on tour he uh, wrapped white tape around his microphone Mm -hmm. because they were just you know Goliath was like attacking them and they broke the curse finally so you're you're (laughs) saying it's a cool it's cool you're saying Hollywood the the MPAA was like it's a good story in like the 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 Bible the Old Testament um, doesn't do it for you I mean, <laughs> yes, I'm I doubt I doubt Hollywood's attorneys were making either a Mars Volta reference or a, like a book a <laughs> a Bible, Bible reference. Bible. No, they're making a Bible because they think they're David. That's where it comes yeah. from. They think they are the small guy. Yeah. Well, okay, that's okay. why it's so, so hilarious. Let's talk about their actual... actually, but no, but I also I, I thought a lot about what a Bible know, reference. What other reference would they be making? Making like what well, else is there? Well, no, but also why talk about Goliath in a with a code name in emails that you control. <laughs> right. So, like, and I wondered true, if we were true. talking about surveillance, so, and I wondered if they were thinking, like, okay, maybe, you know, Paramount's on Google Apps now, so, like, Google's not supposed uh, to look at their thing. Right. But, like, who knows? We're up against this shadowy surveillance right. I mean, organization. I will tell you, like, we started like, looking wonder, at the emails, and yeah. it took us, like, a minute to figure out that it was good. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was not a well, difficult thing to, like, parse out. I mean, but it, but it was it was sort of yeah. Like I wonder if they had anti Google paranoia because right. that's the only way I can interpret their decision to just not. I mean, it's because it's kind of weird. They're like, okay, we we're we're gonna talk about so Goliath later. Like, there is a, the thing where uh, it's not like actual like computer security, but it's just operational security mm, and don't yeah. be an idiot security where someone could accidentally just forward a chain. Yeah, right. no, totally. So the, the, that no, kind it's of smart of them. do dumb things. No, so we should let's get into what this is. So at, yeah, the, yeah. at the top level, yeah, uh, what we have uncovered and going through this stuff is that Hollywood desperately wants to be able to block sites off the internet. So if you're yeah. an average consumer and you want to go to the pirate bay, you can't. Right. That's what they want more than anything, uh, and they are so consumed with the idea that some sites are so bad that the government or Google or somebody should make him go away uh prevents them from doing even smart things right so there was an email from like a sony pictures europe yeah. marketing group that was like why don't we seed some movies like previews for the movies on the torrent sites it wasn't and, like, even movies it was like tv shows yeah that, like would they could have gone to you know nbc and watched it for free and taped right. it on vhs so it's like very cheap for them to put like i of the first five minutes of hannibal which was the show and and just say at the end like Watch Hannibal like Wednesdays yeah. at nine. So like, we'll see. We'll do some promos on the torrent site, and they got shot like immediately shot down. And the line was, "Anything we do that legitimizes these sites prevents our larger effort to block them." Yeah. So like, don't even don't even think about them because eventually we'll del- we'll delete them from the internet. And the, like, just the idea that that is their goal, and they try. That's yeah. what SOPA was intended to do. And the outroar was, you're going to break the internet. All of this stuff makes HBO seem so much smarter by the day. Like, in terms of just how H, which is crazy to talk about, but HBO's yeah. reaction in terms of HBO Go, but also with Game of Thrones being the most right. pirate thing. Yeah, and they're and, just and, like, and yeah, they're, whatever. Well, they're, they're aggressive. They do send out emails. But yeah. at the same time, they're like, do you know how much money we make off Blu-rays? Do you know how much money we make off when we sell a T-shirt? And they're, <laughs> you're a mess. I'm they're just, an absolute I'm mess. Di- I'm melting. Oh my god! I'm melting. If, you, if you were listening to the the the, the podcast and not watching the video stream, I'm, just, I'm, I'm not missed, doing a good job missed, of drinking uh, water. Yeah, <laughs> I have lost laptops that. Not way. only did you miss Neil, I failed to drink water. You missed like our producer John secretly bringing him the glass of water <laughs> so nobody would notice. I I love the holidays, guys. <laughs> the holidays my, hate you. They really dislike. Yeah, me. but you're just gonna get more drunk. So let's talk about what Goliath actually. We we yeah. we've talked around so, it. So yeah. I mean that's so they they say well okay we need to if we're gonna succeed in this anti piracy effort we need to do something about Goliath 
Right. Um, you know, last time in the Sopa fight, like Goliath was really effective with this tactic and we need to make sure that they're not effective. And so we're, they're basically sort of passing the hat around to the studio saying, listen, everyone put in this much money for our yearly budget and we'll start this legal, def- you know, action against Goliath and we'll start investigating for further legal actions against Goliath and sort of that whole, you know, it's, it was just this full coordinated effort. Right. Yeah. And they were funneling it through. We should actually write like a profile. Dude, hood. They're funneling he it is, through. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's a state attorney general of like Georgia, Alabama. Yeah. So uh, they're, 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 they're lobbying um, him. They're they're giving him. They're like yeah. writing out all the stuff for him. They're not right. directly handing so, him envelopes of cash. Yeah, which was there was some. I think a lot of people read the first piece and weren't fully clear on that. But yeah. I mean, yeah. So they're like hiring a lawyer who charges a lot of money. To, Jenner and Block. To, and yeah, sh- Jenner and Block. Um, and to sort of compile legal documents, which will then, which then gets sent to him. Yeah. Um, and then he, the thing that they found out is he's, it's not sort of uh, bribery so much as laziness. The New York Times had a great infographic on uh, Tuesday that was the anti-piracy letter he had sent to Google in November of 2013. So mm-hmm. actually before any of the documents we were looking at, and it is 95% identical to a letter that was provided to him by right. the MPAA. Yeah. And they sort of show you the different sections and it's just well, like, oh, he was, he literally just, they sent it to him and he forwarded well, it. Along. I mean, there's also, there's also a campaign finance funding campaign where they got a bunch yeah. of people to. Um, and fund what's that. amazing with that, they like the, the MPAA passed around the story about like state level corruption and it was like, here are some instructions yeah. for what we can do. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's what I think is fascinating is they think Google is the Internet. Right. Mm. If they can just get Google <laughs> to do what they want or fight Google in some way, like they'll beat the Internet. And I think that's crazy. Well, the, the thing that hasn't been said, and I mean, this is because we sort of have no information in this, but like, uh, you know, in, in these same meetings and the same actions like Microsoft obviously has a strong interest in it. And we right. know that they were talking to Hood. I mean, that's not like, you know, it, it's the same stuff that they put in the Scroogled ad. It's not necessarily anything under mm-hmm. the table. But it's sort of unclear what that relationship has been like. Like, does the MPA think that if everyone switches to Bing, then, like, well, they'll talk to them about site blocking and, like, they'll actually be willing to delist the Pirate Bay? Like, I don't know. I think it's sort of an open question. I, I think Microsoft will do anything to screw Google. <laughs> uh, yeah, they will. And like, yeah. you know, like Microsoft, if, you know, if you like spend time in DC, like Microsoft got really good at politics during their antitrust battle in the nineties. They're like baked into the system. Now they've hired people who are like deep in the game, hmm. right? Like they have Mark Penn, like Mark Penn was like Hillary Clinton's like campaign strategist. Like, yeah, they're deep in that game. Uh, and like, it's notable that like Microsoft and AT and T and on in DC are like tightly aligned, and they are tightly aligned to like basically screw Google at every opportunity. Uh, <laughs> and like I just hear it, like it, like people say it to me so casually, they're like surprised when I'm surprised because everybody like it's just that's the lobbying climate. Yeah. Um, I will say this, and not to defend lobbyists and not to defend this stuff, but like this, like they provided free work to politicians, like yeah. that is what lobbying is. Like yeah. that's the that's the thing that you do. Like lobbying is not always like fancy dinners and like just do what I say, buddy. It's like we're gonna do the work for you. Right. Yeah. It's we're gonna write the law for you. We're gonna we're gonna hire the army of lawyers to like find you a legal justification for this thing that we want. Right. Like that's the fundamental thing that lobbyists do. It's it like I think we think of lobbyists as like I don't know, like I, shaking hands and like buying steaks. And, like, yeah, I, there's Expensive clearly credit cards, right? There's like there's clearly some element of that, but the real thing they do is they help lawmakers like get what do the the lawmaking stuff. Yeah, well, and this is the less sketchy of the two things, right? Like what like, they were doing is actually like the stuff we shouldn't outlaw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, like you, when you talk about Google getting better at lobbying, like this is the game actually Google needs to get better at. It's yeah. not like yeah. buying influence; it's spending a billion dollars on generating endless legal documents about why the internet should work the way it does. Yeah, uh, and so like this is sketchy because like it just sounds like Jim Hood is like in their bags so bad. Yeah. Like like they're literally writing emails to each other like first we'll get Hood to do it then everyone else will do it and it's like why do you think he's going to do it? Like oh it's cuz <laughs> he just does whatever you say. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to it's abundantly clear that he yeah. literally just does whatever the you say. The worst thing was like he they had him you know, they had – so there were these questions. About, okay, so, you know, you we have you talking to this, uh, you know, outside counsel for the MPAA a lot. He's like, oh, yeah, Pirelli. 
I know him. Yeah, we've talked a bunch. I don't know who he works for. I don't know what firm it is or <laughs> if it – I don't know. It never came up. And this is literally the quote he gave to the Huffington Post that is just the least plausible possible thing you could say. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I just think it's funny. Like, we talk about movies a ton on this show, Like, right? Like, yeah. We talk about entertainment. We cover movies. We love – like, the public loves movies, right? It's, like, very clear. Uh, and the movie industry is not suffering – for that love, right? Like people are still spending money on movies or making in a ton of money. The movies are different. Like, you know, like they're innovating in whatever way that movies can innovate in terms of like creating sequels. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, they hate their customers. I mean, then they I, always have like, old people. I check old people. Dude, they, they're, they're running these companies for 50 years. It's like, there's a reason why Facebook <laughs> took over the world. There's a reason why. Wow. Their mental image is like dollars. MGM in like 1930. Who wants to hear these actors talking? <laughs> there are plenty of <laughs> smart pianos. people of all ages. Uh-huh. I just think that these companies wow. are run by dinosaurs. I'm going I'm to be honest with you. Yeah. I think you could say uh, that the, many of the companies run in Silicon Valley are run by in, like Silicon idiotic Valley. children. Like, like, I mean, <laughs> if you want to flip oh, side yeah. it. Like, but, but, but of course. Sony Pictures is apparently like run, both old idiotic oh, yeah, children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 think, uh, I think you say film is not hurting. I think that is not true. Yeah, I think yeah. like the industry is in a jam and it knows the writing is not written on the wall. It's written all over them in scars. <laughs> like the future is coming for them fast. Box and that's why they're is, doing this. already down hard. I mean, I also think the other thing to defend the MPA, I mean, the, the quote we ended the original live piece on was, you know, the status quo for us is not good. And it's not going to get better anytime soon without us doing something, which was their justification for this is why we need to, you know, break the Internet and everything. But, I mean, it is hard to, on some level, disagree with that statement. I do think the the, the tragic thing about it is any – not to use, like, innovation as a buzzword, but there are a lot of technological changes that could happen to the movie industry that would help them out a lot. Things yeah. like day and date, things like video on demand. Like there are a lot of channels that could open up, but because there are so many cartels like the theater owners and just there, the whole industry is so sort of clotted and it's so hard to get anything, any sort of technological change also, through. It's really it, hard to, yeah. They're, they're, when, when you, when, when somebody illegally downloads a movie, right? The problem isn't that it, it, it impacts us going to the theater. The problem is there are at least three streams of revenue. There's right. the theater, there's the DVD, Blu-ray release, now there's video on demand, before that DVD, Blu-ray, Blu-ray release, and then TV, right? And if you can just download the movie, that's a single stream now. Suddenly, all of it's out of whack. Not only right. do, you have, do they have to worry about the theater, you already own the movie. You don't have to watch it on TBS, you don't have to buy the DVD. That's, it, it is a great winnowing. And they could fix this right they could do day and date and they could do those things but they they don't want to give up on that four three four stream system and that that's the problem is it's a greed thing and and well, also, greed is maybe also, not the fair word those, because they've had each that for of those four people like it's going to it's a different dude who's getting the cut right. so it's yeah, sort of like for sure. there's four of us on this raft and it's too heavy. We need to throw one of you off. Like, what's going to happen? And they can't figure out how to Well, I mean, it. it's just very, it's a really politically difficult thing because it's such a distributed industry. You can't just, like, the CEO of Hollywood is going to get up and be like, okay, guys, we're focusing on this now. Like, no, they're going to have to, like, scrap it out, sure. and it's going to be pretty well, ugly. And to fund these crazy movies where there's no risk in them, but they're still risky. Yeah. Like, like Marvel sequels, they still already have to go to China to get Iron Man 3 funded right. right like that's how crazy this whole system is at this point where it's like a guarantee the closest to a guaranteed hit and they have to go to china and i don't think they have to go i think no. they're happy to go to make a lot more money because yeah. they know this is the one like even though it's guaranteed right they need to make like sure the, we make even more money they're busy solo <laughs> I, yeah i was just doing drums Dang. uh god i'm so broken <laughs> <laughs> no, like, what happened there was like I tried to start the engine and just nothing came out. Okay. Like, there was like a puff of smoke out the tailpipe. Your or nothing, whatever to put nothing. In your water. I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. Everybody. No, uh, the their business and actually Todd Vanderwerf did a really great piece mm. on Vox about it. He's like most of this is boring. Like most of what's been revealed is boring. Yeah. And it reveals how boring the movie industry is because their business is just leveraging and re-leveraging the content. 
right? So there's lots of charts and spreadsheets of when terrible movies are shown at 3 a.m. on channels nobody's ever heard of. But, like, that's a deal that Sony makes with that channel in Alaska. Uh, to get, We'll give you this movie for free, but all the ads you run against it, like, we want to cut of that revenue. Uh, and that's just a game that all these they play. And, like, there's a level of sophistication there that is sophisticated on the old model. And so what you're talking about, like, they're all old people. They don't, they're dinosaurs. They don't get the new model. What, what they're not willing to admit is all of their sophistication about the old way doesn't apply to the new way. But they're so, like, if you run Sony Pictures, you have 5,000 employees who do nothing but interpret, Neil, like, Nielsen rating data for local <laughs> channels in, like, Montana. Right, well, you're not just going to throw them of, away. A lot of people from Montana. Well, yeah, Montana's a big market. Yeah, sure. no, but, but like, but you know what I mean? Like, they, there's there's a whole team of well, people there who just also, interpret like the old way of getting data. Yeah, yeah, no, I got you. And it's also connected. deeply funny to me that we're talking about them as dinosaurs when, as we all just found out, the CEO of Sony Pictures is like a, caught Snapchat super early and is making <laughs> yeah. like millions of dollars um, off it. Like, right? I mean, no, that's I think, I think there, it's Touché. worth pointing out that like it's not that these people are are like don't get it or like they're too old to get it it's that they're working in an impossible system yeah right uh i mean like and this is what i keep i keep hammering this like i think this is the biggest story of the year because it will like in terms of the repercussions that in terms of just how it will like we have an insight into the movie business now and into how much they hate the internet now and into how they work (laughs) and how they think and just like the ridiculous ways that movies get made and cause her eye approving the last scene of the interview but like take make the goo in his brain like a different cut like that's crazy yeah and what that reveals is the old media is still kind of making decisions on like gut instinct and they're making easy bets because their guts tell them that marvel sequels will make money they don't know do you really think that that this sort of exposure is going to get them to change or is going to in any way Reduce their resolve to. No, it's going to make the them thing. get on the cell phone next time that they have a conversation. Right, and, and now and the so, NSA like, is going to have I, that phone I, call anyway. Like <laughs> what I've what 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 I've learned from this is just how deeply they hate the internet. Right, and, and I, so what I that, said, what's terrifying is, about that is like they hate the internet more than most internet users love it. And they might just have more persistence and more resolve than we do. And the next time they, you know, cause, like, this whole plan to like redo SOPA is way more insidious and way more likely to be effective, right? It's going to be. Oh, my gosh. I just what? had an inception moment. Okay. Are you ready for this? Okay. What if all these awful movements on the internet are actually Sony? <laughs> they're they're so, not. It turns out the majority of people on Twitter are actually very nice. It's Everything all is all soft puppets <laughs> designed to make us hate the internet. Oh. Yeah. See? I mean, I think like I I think it's easy to overstate the persistence of it. I mean, so one of the things that came up in Goliath is um, so uh, Stephen Fabrizio, who's the uh, MPA general counsel that that is sort of behind the Goliath project, came on at the end of last year, um, having brought down ISO hunt and been sort of a a big uh, anti-piracy warrior. And I think this what we're seeing is kind of his take on what the MPAA's like how the MPA should be fighting anti-piracy. And I mean, I think we don't know, we don't know sort of what the ultimate ruling on that is, but I also think it, I, it's not necessarily like a perfect representation of the studio's views for one. And then also not necessarily the only way the MPAA could, you know, try to sustain the movie industry in the face of like, you know, all this, all this piracy. Right. I think this is like a decision that these people have made and like they can make another decision. So I I don't want to make it too, like, fatalistic of, like, this is necessarily the only, like, the, like, we've, we've peered into the evil heart of the film industry. and This is all (laughs) that will ever be inside it or something. Because I think, I mean, yeah, like, people choose to do things and, like, they might be like, you know, they might right now be searching their souls ready to to let the internet back in. Really? Mm. You really think the, I, you really think the NPAA's executive journal counsel is <laughs> searching his soul for a way to better engage with the internet? Totally. I mean, Russell, I mean, uh, have you been texting for drugs? <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you been texting for drugs again? Neil, I, I promise you that is so true. It's like, <laughs> doubles down. Hype check, texting for drugs. 
it's a thing that happens. <laughs> that's, no, that, that, that's totally noncommittal. That's medium, the medium so medium common that it's not even hype or not hype. <laughs> it's just like it's it just would be fact. like is email hype? Like <laughs> hype check email? Like yeah, yeah, hype check email. The NSA has it all. That's. Man, you're just an unhappy person. Yeah, what's going on? I'm like, why why anger teen Sam Shepard? Yeah. (laughs) They're dying. They should die. Like, where did that come from? (laughs) Time for the asteroid to hit. (laughs) We all... We all like Anger you, Sam. Teen. What's the, what's the no, matter? Can we do, I just can we do a series called Anger Teen where we just like go to teens and ask them what they're angry about? <laughs> just like see what happens. No, Sam's got I, ideas. He's boiling <laughs> over with ideas right now. No, all teens hate their parents. That's just like what it is. <laughs> no, it is. It is. It's well, like, it's, it's parents just don't understand. Oh no! I'm, no, I'm really no, sorry. no! Speaking of dinosaurs, that's that's the Verge cast. <laughs> no, let me say one more thing. Okay. We have not done the year in review at all. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, it happened. Thirty. Big phones are in. No, the thing I was going to say, I was looking at our year in review list, and two, three of the things are about the music industry, which yep. arguably has gone through this cycle way worse than anybody else, way faster, right? And what's watching the music industry pendulum swing back in response to streaming. And Apple buying Beats and Taylor Swift writing editorials about the death of streaming and album sales and all this stuff. Oh, yeah. They're they're actually they're ahead of this curve uh, in like weird ways. Like they're better at understanding what needs to happen because they've been beaten so like they were so beaten by technology out the gate that now it's Jimmy Iovine's pitch to Apple to why they should buy Beats was there's a hole in your portfolio. We have to get better at streaming because it's the future, and I'm the guy to do it for you. Because I understand the music industry. And Apple's like, yep, you're right. And they bought Beats. It's not like because of headphones. But then the flip side of it is the music industry is saying, like, they're kind of like, I hate the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, Taylor Swift is like, I wish people just bought my records the way they used to. And, like, her context is it's the internet's so complicated and the distribution is so chaotic. And you have to make other kinds of bets. But consumers on the internet like kind of don't want to buy records the way they used to. They want to like do streaming services. They want to get all their music on YouTube. They want to do all this other stuff. They want to use apps instead of like listening to your song. It's like they're like the media is much more complicated and there's much more competition in the space. So like watching Hollywood go through this at the same time the record industry is doing it like in a different way at the same time and the pendulum swinging back for them. That fight between I think the lasting repercussion is the media industry is going to just totally segment into people who embrace the internet and an old guard that is becoming more and more passionate that the internet isn't where they want to be. And that is just, that's, if you want like the big fight in 2015 between tech and media, like that's what it looks like. It looks like just rejecting the inherent distributed nature of the internet or fully embracing it. That's it. That's my, that's my year in review somehow. Prediction, yeah. Predictions for 2015. I just I just did one. Well, the, uh, there's there are more things that are going to happen in 2015. Russell, do you have one? Domination. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. <laughs> just that's a really good domination. one in general. That's like that's from that Wu Tang album, right? They're like, "Where? What's your guy's goal?" He's like, "Domination." I always thought oh, it would be yes. badass. So yes. I, you did, yeah. Um, so now I, I've lived that dream. <laughs> I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I want to make some predictions for like we're at the end of the year. This uh, crazy, CS is coming. We'll go a little long because CS is CS is coming. I think smartwatches are going to be a big deal with because Apple's putting yeah, it, it's out of yeah, watch. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, unfortunately, that is the case because you know the way things happen. Whenever Apple does something, it's like, oh my god, it's the right way, it's the thing. Mm, I, I predict that watch will will. I, I I predict the Apple Watch will will land with such a thud that it sends, sets back that idea for quite some time. And then you're going to come into the office mm. with one on your wrist, but it's fine. I mean, yes. <laughs> that, that is 100% true. There will come a day when I walk in the office wearing an Apple Watch. But that's because it is literally my career to be wearing that watch. Fair. Like, I think if I would have to, like, spend money to... to I don't know that I, I... Like, I... We were talking... We were going to CS. Like, we're... Are we going to see a bunch of Apple Watch accessories at CS? We're going to see a bunch of oh, apps? Oh, interesting. Uh, the other day, like I, John Gruber, like wrote on Daring Fireball, like if I was an app developer, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be racing to make an app for the Apple Watch. Like I, I would still be in the wait and see phase. I think that's the case for that yeah. product and that platform. Yeah, um, I, I think don't think that's true at all. Uh, I don't think that's true at all. Do you know how many? Teens are oh going God. to want that for Christmas for a gift. Do you know how many? But you teens... can't buy it for Christmas. 
I mean, next year, we're talking about 2015. Do you oh, know how many kids get iPods for their birthdays and for graduation? Yeah, Apple costs $400. It's a watch. It's not an iPod. Yeah, it's not yeah, a phone. It doesn't yeah. offer and you that Do you know utility. how many rich parents exist? And do you know I, why Apple is a bajillion-dollar company? But because they're going to get Pebbles or something. But, you're, but, yeah, but you're, you're making the argument that Apple's going to sell a lot of Apple Watches because it's Apple. Right? And, you're making, like, the argument yeah. that, like, their marketing ability will, like, sell a crappy we'll product. We'll say and that's I, my I don't, prediction. I don't actually we'll think that's true of Apple. I think they have a wonderful marketing ability, but I think they also make fairly good products. And I think that that's the combination of the thing that's like terrifying. Like Microsoft's making really good Surface commercials lately, and no one's buying. Stop worrying. Like, yeah, they're not, they're they're not slinging any more well, okay, surfaces. The holiday, the holiday commercial. <laughs> I the, the, the one Christmas where they song commercial is terrible. <laughs> I love the Mac. The one where it's like, this is a great commercial for the MacBook Air. Wait, is that the one where they do that dumb rhyme? Oh, where they're like drawing on the. Ugh, yeah, they're like, look, so this one has a kickstand. I'm like, yeah, the MacBook Air doesn't need one. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we going to see a trend away from gigantic smartphones in no, 2015? No, they're just going to get bigger. Yeah, so so bigger. we will never get like 4.3. No. Has, uh, no. What? You're never going to get garbage toys again? No, no that's not garbage <laughs> toys. When you're, when you're a gigantic man, sure, but like. Thank you, Sam. I mean, you have big hands. And you, this yeah, is the first like I'm hung over. I already feel a little bit bloated, and now you're calling me gigantic. I got feels over here, man. <laughs> Look, respect my self-esteem. This is large. Oh, God. Too large. Go. What's your... what, Chris, you bought it. This you is your first CES. One. We should actually right. do a oh, tiny little bit of CES preview. Yeah. What are your CES predictions? <laughs> What's Did your... I barf? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. By that way, seems CES like a punt. Of course, you're going to be Definitely happening. I don't wondering. know. Russell, like, 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 kind of begged me not to go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I received a very worst. polite message. I it was like, you uh, last year too. This is the first year tell, at work. We, I'm just going to say it for you guys listening. The Verge is going to be at CES. It is from January 6th <laughs> yeah. through the 9th, and we are going to go bananas with coverage, so stay tuned. Our site will, you know, when we do events, like our site turns into like iVerge and like Googverge, whatever Goog it is. Verge. Who says Googverge? I just... I, I check Googverge. Bust. But <laughs> the point is, the point is, I am I am plugging our appearance Thank at you. CES because we're really going good. to be there, and right. we're not going to... The next Verge cast we do is going to be at CES also, right. so there's not one. And, and I will say In we're doing... Three weeks, I think. Uh, three weeks. Three weeks off the air. Russell, <laughs> your predictions for the repercussions of the Sony hack going into 2015 because they canceled yeah. a, a national motion picture. I mean, I think we're going to see a lot more security. Uh, fingerprint readers, it's also my CES yeah. prediction. Like, uh. I do think we're, we'll see that. I think we'll see a lot more. Um, I think it'll become a lot more common for people to jump on, like, secure channels, right? Like, WhatsApp, like, as rolling out end-to-end and, like... But when you say people, like... I mean, we, Scott like, Rudin will say, like, jump on WhatsApp because I'm going to scream in your face, and then this message will disappear, like, 10 minutes later. Like, I think we'll get a lot more comfortable yeah. with media that disappears. I think data or retention laws are going to maybe we'll, turn we'll into data removal laws. Call each other? No, yeah. no, that's not going to happen. Uh, I'm never speaking on the phone again for the rest of my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I mean, Dieter, that was, like, a really... Sad segue. In no, the I don't want to talk holding about a BlackBerry it. Classic. I don't want to talk right about it. No, 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 no. No, I don't want to talk about the, the BlackBerry Classic. Well, Dieter has want, a BlackBerry Classic in his hand, and he loves it This is, so I would say, much. a very polarizing device on our staff. It, um, it feels good. It's like a... <clears throat> Micah Singleton? Yeah. Just bought one. I'm I mean, pretty sure he traded his iPad for one. I he really makes want, it I going really want to a physical keyboard. So Me too. Yes. For those that don't know, Russell, what kind of phone do you have? I have, this will be good for those on the live stream, Ooh. a Droid 4. <laughs> what? I'm about to, it's about to die because it, it literally, like, it'll, it's only, oh, this phone. it's only, uh, like, it's on phone. for two hours at a time. <laughs> wow. Why is it so hot? <laughs> well, it's, it's dying. <laughs> It's it's overheating. It's, about to explode <laughs> it's like four years old. Oh my god, this thing was. And what Russell, are you, doing, you, Russell? you type like yeah, with I the type hardware keyboard. Well, no, and I'll like if I go to like an event and I don't want to take out my laptop, yeah. I'll just I can just take notes on it. And I can do it much faster with a physical keyboard because I can tell when yeah, you, a keystroke you is and, registered. Uh, you and Sean Hul- Hulster. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean it's totally. Uh, yes. oh maybe. So maybe. What do you, what do you do? We should, we'll give you the BlackBerry Passport. Yeah, totally. I'll try it out. Yeah. Now we're just completely off the rails. Uh, <laughs> we're, no, it's yeah, great. Physical keyboards are back. Yeah. That's, that's, is that is that one of the predictions for next year? No. I wish. Yeah. All of you are insane. Uh, okay, is that our show? Do we have anything else? Uh, uh, 
Oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't actually say the CES thing I want to say, which, yes, Sam is correct. Mm. We are going to CES. Uh, we're going to do, we have the CES Newswire, the Sons of News coming out. We have a hub page, like lots of video, podcasts. Amazing live vlogs. Joanna Stern is asked to be on the podcast at CES. Woo. We'll have her on the show. Disruptive uh, influence. Well, yeah, we'll be dis- disruptively thinkfluencing all over the place. <laughs> uh, and we, we're taking a big team of, I mean, just tons of stuff coming from the show. And we're going to... Uh, Sam will be Snapchatting all over the place. Yeah. Yes, the uh, real Verge. At it. Uh, CS, I would say, has it, it has become less and less important with time, uh, but it is still like the one time of the year when literally the entire tech and media industries gather in Vegas and like talk and, to each other and get sloppy. And they yeah, and then <laughs> and then that happens. This will be my sixth one in a row. Crazy. Yeah. Six times got sloppy. Crazy. <laughs> Uh, we started taking Sam when he was just Not a wee, 12, wee 19. Babe. was oh 19 God. years um, old. Uh, <laughs> Transport him across state lines. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I have an iTunes review request. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh. This, yeah. Is my, this is my thing. So I'm going to see yes for the first time. Uh, some things about me that you should know before this. Uh, I dehydrate very easily. I don't oh, like Las Vegas. Buy a humidifier and have <laughs> and, it shipped uh, to the hotel. Okay. I'll do that. I'm also going to bring a, a white noise machine. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I also don't know what I'm doing. If it's a, if it's a crappy enough humidifier, you don't need both. Ah, it'll is be loud. that? Oh, that's that's true. Yeah. Uh, so for uh, iTunes this week, uh, leave a five out of five <laughs> score. I'm just gonna be honest. I think no. I think after this miracle episode, <laughs> <the Quinta> Cruz, <laughs> you, you can show some sympathy. One star for um, each person that was on the Verge Cast. Yeah. 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 And, and then uh, let us know what I should do with my time at CES. <laughs> at CES. And I will do my best to find a way to do those things, assuming they are legal. <laughs> wow. It's I mean, Vegas. It's Vegas. You don't, They're uh, well, all legal. Can't smoke marijuana. Right, I'm doing the outro. I'm going to do, the, do the, that, social, the social The social. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm do doing it. Yeah? Do I'm, it. I'm claiming it. That, ladies and gentlemen, was The Verge Cast. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to us on iTunes while you're there leaving a review. You should follow us on Twitter. We're at Verge. You should follow us on Snapchat. We're at The Real Verge. And that's important because we're going to be doing snaps live from CES. It's going to be crazy. And I open every single snap. We are on Instagram. At Verge. At Verge. You can find us pretty easily there. Uh, we're elsewhere as well. Yeah. We're on Facebook, of course. You should uh, follow us there. Follow us on Snapchat. That's the best one. But Snapchat is yeah. the most oh, fun. Yeah. yeah. We have like, you know, I would say we're innovating in the Snapchat influencing game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. True. Uh, we're going to create across, across a range of influencing topics. Sam came up with a show for me. Can't say what it is. Oh, yet, my though. God. If you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, that is Sam Sheffer. I am back on Neil as Reckless. Plant. Plant. Just P-L-A-N-T-E. And you're Russell Brandom? That's right. Russell B. Yeah. Random. Thanks for watching. Listening. Whatever. Bye. Oh, my God. <laughs>